you're listening to the Padawan Perspective Podcast, a multi-generational Star Wars experience. Brought to you by the Star Wars Report 2nd Airborne Division Podcast Network. With your hosts, Mark, Barrett, Taylor, and Farrow. Join us as we discuss the Rebels TV show on Disney XD, as well as Star Wars fandom across the galaxy. On the Padawan Perspective, the multi-generational podcast of the Star Wars Report 2nd Airborne Podcast Division. Welcome to the Padawan Perspective, your multi-generational podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Mark Herleman, and joining me today, we have my Padawan daughters, Taylor Jade and Jaina Sophia. Hello. Hello. And from our Southern Cali Jedi Enclave, we have Jedi Master Baron Lawton and his Padawan Pharaoh. Hello, my Padawans out in the universe. Hi, how are you guys doing? Can I just jump straight into the kid show? Of course. Bunch of chewy. All right. Secret Cargo is the 18th episode of the animated television series Star Wars Rebels, third season. It aired on March 4, 2017 on Disney XD. The official description, the ghost crew must escort Senator Mon Mothma, now wanted by the Empire, to a meeting that can change the galaxy. Or as we get on cable, when a routine refueling mission goes wrong, the ghost crew find themselves transporting an important rebel leader across the galaxy, pursued by Imperial warships. We have another one. IMDB has Hera, Zeb, and Ezra are tasked with transporting a highly valuable rebel leader away from Imperial control. Rundown. The rebels are in position of a vital importance to the rebel cause. The important dignitary that they are aiding turns out to be none other than Senator Mon Mothma, who recently condemns Palpatine's recent actions and places a target on her back. As Thrawn is sent after the rebels, he is able to deduce where Hera would most likely take the former senator. With some quick thinking from the Phoenix Squadron, they manage to escape. Mon Mothma gives her famous speech from the Bridge of the Ghost. So again, now we have, what is it, four now? Four different descriptions on the episode. At least they're looking a little bit more similar now. Yeah, we are getting some some clarity here. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, Gina is my five year old daughter, and she watched these episodes with us. And she's very excited to talk about it. Uh, but before she does, she's had some things that have happened recently since the last time she was on, and some of those were what, Gina? What's new in your life? Eyes. You got eyes. You got new eyes. So for those of you that don't know, five year old, that means she got new glasses. She's really excited about the glasses, and she's also really excited about these episodes. What did you like about this episode, Gina? I like like the senator. The senator. Yeah, right on. Well, with that, let's see what what did other people think of this episode. It was a good episode. It was cool. I like the fact that they got locked on by the Imperials, but they had like a whole plan set up so that they could get rid of the Imperials. My dad and I, at the very beginning, we thought we jumped into the middle of the episode, so we had to restart the episode, but it wasn't like as far as we thought. Oh, we're jumping into the action. Okay, I didn't know that. Okay. <laughs> I like, though, I don't know if, if Pharaoh, if you or your dad have ever watched the show Firefly or the movie Serenity. But it opened like the series Firefly did, where we're sitting there attached to the side of a derelict in space. I thought that was a really cool way to begin the episode. No, I, I haven't seen either of those. 
No, we have never seen those. I heard it's a good series. You know, we have to make I have to make an admission here on the Padawan perspective. Never seen Firefly. Never seen Blade Runner. Never I'm seen I'm in that boat. Indiana Jones. Never saw one Indiana what? Jones. But yeah, it's never saw one of those. Never got <laughs> never got interested in those, so Wow. Uh, yeah. Well, see, the upside the upside with Firefly and Serenity is it was canceled after one season, so it's literally what you can get. I think it's even on Netflix. You watch those, and then you go into the one movie, which they put out later as like a tribute to the fans. So this is a really cool, fun show. And and what's cool about it is the main character, Malcolm Reynolds, is based off of Han Solo, basically. And it's like a cowboy western in space. It's really fun. But yeah, it starts out in the same way, where they're on the outside of the law, and they're ripping off this cargo vessel that they found. It's almost a, a straight-up homage the way it begins in this episode. It was classic. Right at the beginning of the episode, I was confused. I didn't know who was the cargo or what was the cargo because they were all talking about it was secret cargo, and I didn't. I, I was just confused up until the point where they revealed everything. So there were a couple things in this that, that had us questioning that, but you know, we always ask a question for you Padawans, and really quick, I want to throw that out there. So to you guys, who is gold leader and what is his significance gold leader i don't exactly like remember all the way of how long ago it was all i remember is gavin and my dad always freaking out oh gold leader come in come in oh my god it's gold leader oh my god like i i always remembered that gold leader was a big deal i wasn't exactly sure who he was but it was a huge big deal and so seeing it in this i was just kind of shocked that my dad wasn't like oh my god oh my god it's him again because his name is captain xander right is that his name yes that's, sir that's the most like generic sci-fi name <laughs> captain xander. we've seen him before right I yes. I didn't recognize him the first time. I didn't I I didn't recognize his name or anything. I just like thought he was a new character until my dad's like, "Oh, we've seen him before at the beginning of the series." And I was like, "Oh, okay." Chronologically speaking, this is the second time we've seen him. He was in originally earlier in the series, but what's significant about him in the real world is that this character harkens all the way back to episode four, A New Hope. We see Gold Leader then. It's uh, the character's name is John Vander, and he's port- uh, portrayed by Canadian actor Angus McKines. And they brought him back. Because they use that character in Rogue One, a Star Wars story, as one of the many characters that were fighting in the Battle of Scarif, which at this point still hasn't happened. In fact, they even brought McKines in again to actually add more dialogue for Rogue One. So this is a character that's actually been around for a long time and that they're bringing him back in in a way that's kind of new and exciting and refreshing at the same time. You know, Captain Xander actually doesn't have the coolest name in this episode. We get Erskine Sewaj, who is a senatonial attache. Ooh. And he has a mouth on him, doesn't he? (laughs) (laughs) Did you find it interesting, though, that Gold Squadron kind of sees Phoenix Squadron in the same light that most rebels see Saw Gerrera's partisans? Like, they're like, you guys are really botching things up. You guys are causing the Imperials to crack down, tighten up. I was like, oh, my God, they're putting them on the defensive, like... Oh, our rebels aren't really the best rebels out there. Like, they're getting things done, but to the chagrin of everyone else. You know, I had the total opposite feeling. Like, stop complaining. Their whole job, I I just wanted them to meet Jin Erso and (laughs) her say, I rebel. This is a rebellion, right? I rebel. What else are they supposed to do except for make it hard for the Empire? I don't know if they even gave her a name. I think they just gave her Gold 2 was her name before she got knocked out. But... I was like, come on, man. That's what they're supposed to be doing. And I, I, liked the, I liked Zeb's reaction. 
was like, we like to do it the hard way, you know? <laughs> yeah, this whole episode feels like one of the old 80s and 90s RPG games that you would get from West End Games playing out. I mean, it's like they, they're going. They're waiting for a signal. They get the signal. we got to get a package. We're going to get the package. We get the package. Oh, no, but the Imperials have found out. They may have broadcast that we're here. Oh, here they show up quick. we got to get everybody fueled and get out of here. I mean, it was cool seeing the ghost having the fuel canisters and stuff on the bottom and seeing that model and stuff. And then they jettison it like... They just wasted a lot of fuel, but like I get the fact that they needed to. One of the most irritatingest, irritatingest, that's a word, right? It is no. now. Yeah. Um, something that really irritated me in this episode was the nebula. So recently I have been learning about nebulas, nebulas, because technically if there's more than one, it's nebulae. They were like legit talking about how the turbo bombs... Uh, no, the torpedoes. Tor the torpedoes. Photon torpedoes. Yeah. The, photon. the uh, proton torpedoes would blow up. That is correct because a nebula is filled with a whole bunch of different types of gas. It's basically a seed for the creation of a planet. Well, they got out of that nebula way too fast. From what we got told, it would take over probably a thousand years just to get through it. Well, that doesn't mean this nebula is like every nebula that we see in reality. I mean, this but nebula could have gone for thousands of years going up and down. Maybe they just picked the smallest no, path. It's it big, all size, always. It was really irritating. Oh, you got one fact correct. Why couldn't you have gotten the other thing or at least remotely kind of correct? That was, was irritating you. You were going to wait like a thousand oh, seasons it, just for them to get some nebula? Was, probably wanted? not, but it was so irritating. I was just like, ah! I really liked this scene. This was a really cool scene because it's like they're battling and then the ships are being crumpled up and, and being like burned and then they're all flying through and at the end they use this torpedo and fly it through and they use the nebula as the as a weapon, like their own weapon. And it's just so cool. It's unique. And it, it's just, it was so like action packed. It, it was really cool to see them like use the nebula to fight off the Imperials. Yeah, I like that part and stuff a little bit because you could see, I think it was the smoke. I don't know if it was like the heat waves or whatever, but you could definitely see the smoke getting pulled back. And I love how the detail from when they were also in the nebula, when the ships were flying and that you could see them burning up and you could see every tiny detail of them slowly dissipating. Yeah, this episode really, really had the visuals down packed. I mean... When you're like you, you mentioned Tay, yeah. when you saw the ships being burned up, they were like peeling layer by layer. Like, yeah, a rocket ship takes off, and once they get through the atmosphere, they start breaking off slowly. Like, we were talking with detail and everything that they put some of the real life factors from the rocket ships into that. In the corners, there was little holes where they were releasing pressure, like they do in normal life rocket ships, and I thought that was really cool. And the visuals are pretty spot on on how you get movement in space, like in real life. I just finished reading Inferno Squadron, which is Battlefront 2. It's set, it starts at the beginning of A New Hope, or the end of A New Hope, with the destruction of that Death Star. And one of the things they bring up during that was the fact that Princess Leia and Mon Mothma have been identified as leaders of the Rebellion, and so they finally have targets for the leadership. Now, Leia becoming outed, we that basically happens in A New Hope, but this episode, this is Mon Mothma basically outing herself, and the fact that she decided that she can't deal with Palpatine in the Senate. She recognizes the fact that democracy has failed and that the only way to win it back is to go on the offensive, to take the fight to the Empire. 
And this is the moment where it all just coalesced for them. I mean, she talks about uniting the, the different cells and stuff. And this is something that people have tried. Saw Guerrero has tried. Others have tried. But no one's been successful because no one's had the weight that she has as a senator. So that's a really cool moment. I mean, this is a historical moment. When we were watching at the end when she's broadcasting and it happens to be on the bridge of the ghost, no less. Like, you know, how awesome is that? The historical moment happens and it's right there where Hera and everybody does everything all the time. And this is that moment where she puts out the call to everyone and says, you know, we are having it. Every time I watch it, I get just chills my eyes water up it's an emotional moment when you think about the impact this has in universe so mon mothma here is voiced by the same actress genevieve o'reilly who has portrayed mon mothma before she started portraying her in the deleted scenes that we got for revenge of the sith and she reprised her role in rogue one i mean she looks exactly like the original actress mon mothma from episode four so to hear her voice here is just great. It just really brings the solidarity of the movie universe into the animated universe seamlessly. I thought Mon Mothma was a really cool character and how they kind of kept her identity secret uh, until the middle of the episode when they talk about she's the secret cargo. But that was one of my favorite scenes in the episode is when we first see Mon Mothma. She's doing everything, okay? We have to find out, is she brave? Is she heroic? When we first see her, what is she doing? She's helping a pilot over to the ghost. The pilot is limping, and she and the pilot's basically leaning on Mon Mothma. They need to disengage the locking mechanism from her ship and the ghost. She does it manually, you know? So Mon Mothma's coming in here saving the day without breaking a sweat. In that from the outfit. front lines. Yes, yes, from the front lines. She wasn't playing, man. Come with me and take the city. You know, you're you're onto something there. I mean, Rebels has provided a lot of strong female leads. In fact, the new canon has been doing that across the board. We got a lot of strong female leads in books, uh, the comics. We've got new characters like Doctor Afra, who's a fan favorite, who's a female lead. They're definitely giving you a lot more characters to play with. And by that, I mean, when we watched The Clone Wars, it was like a smorgasbord of characters for me and Gavin. And there was like six female figures for Taylor. That's kind of cool just as a father to be able to see that my daughter's able to have more toys to play with and have more in-universe figures to look up to. You want to know somebody I looked up to in this episode? <laughs> they had a black pilot for once in Rebels. <laughs> I don't know if he's a yeah. strong let, black let, lead, but uh, yeah. Let, let's talk about him. Is yeah. that Grizz Fritz? What Was it? It has to be Grizz Fritz. It looks exactly like Grizz Fritz. He has the mustache. He is in Gold Squadron. I think that's Grizz Fritz. I think we finally have a Rebels version of Grizz Fritz. And he's played by Phil Lamar. He's voiced oh, nice. by Phil Lamar. Who's Grizz Fritz? Grizz Fritz is a pilot. You know, George Lucas got a lot of little, a little flack for not having any female pilots or any pilots of color after the first Star Wars. By the time you get to Return of the Jedi, I mean, you got elephants driving X-Wings, like everybody's X-Wings. But that's when we first see Grizz Fritz, and he actually dies in the Battle of Endor. But I think oh. this is the first time we're seeing him, and for him to be voiced by Phil Lamar, he may come back. Nice. No, I, I miss that. Like, I don't know. I was, I was paying attention to the smaller details, like 
when the way they were loading the Y wings up inside there, like I never realized that that front hatch on the ghost was able to load from that angle as well. Like that's one thing about that ship. It's so multiversal. I mean, we see it with the two fuel pods. We see it later with the two Y wings attached. You know, we watched the phantom, uh, dock forward and backwards. Then it took on a new phantom. Like what can that ship not do? Oh, when those two Y wing bombers were docked on the phantom. How cool was that? That was so cool. Now, I know Taylor, she doesn't like the Nebula scene, but for me, I thought that was one of the more intense moments. Like, when you see Hera getting close to the sun and all the ships start lighting up, and you got the the Tom Skerrick-based character of uh, Skerrick, Scaris, I believe his name is, and he's like right on him. I'm like, is he gonna blow himself up too? And of course, you know, he pulls away. But when they get to that moment where they blow up the ion torpedoes or the, the photon torpedoes and it blasts into the Star Destroyers, I don't know what graphic they used to make those ships light up the way they did, but man, that was a magical moment of just eye candy. Isn't Scaris the TIE fighter instructor from Lothal? Yes, he is. Thrawn was bringing the best of the best this time. Wow. I, I, you know, I can't believe you caught that. Yeah, because I, I you know, you re- I remember you saying scare us and it just didn't click until Pharaoh, you said that. Wow, we're getting a lot of blasts from the past here. Now, let's talk about Thrawn. You bring up Thrawn. When Thrawn showed up in this episode, it was like out of the blue. You know, usually it's like Thrawn's on his way or something like that. He just sh- out of the blue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When he's continuing to do what we've been afraid of, you know, he's like, well, of course, it's going to be Hera and the ghost. And of course, since Hera knows all these smuggler routes, she's going to go this way through this nebula because, of course, she's going to go the most circumventing route that would confuse the Empire. We will park two Star Destroyers on the outside of the nebula and wait for them. You're like, oh, my God. <laughs> that's, a, that's a pretty good Thrawn impression. Ten <laughs> I know you guys like are literally guys, but for all my females and stuff out there, Thrawn, his face looks like he is like contour up the wazoo that is like not blended in at all. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that and I just started laughing so bad. My dad That's thought a- it was a scar on his on his face. Well, on his chin, I thought it was a scar. It. Does he have a scar on his chin? No, but he's so contoured that yeah, it looked it like looked... it was a scar on his chin. And I was like, did he get a scar from the dark troopers? <laughs> I swear, it has to be like dark contour or he just has a really, really slim face. You could see the pupils in his red eyes and it, it, it's almost like you could see pores in his face. He was really contoured, but he did have an alien look to him. He looks a little, he looks human-like. But he does look alien. I appreciated the way that that Thrawn looked today. He's getting a little bit more creepier. Oh, and and the music tone. Every time they play that organ. And and it doesn't matter if they do it very silently or or loud. It just raises the hackles on the back of my neck. Something about it reminds me of Transylvania. So uh, that's probably a good spot to give our last uh, 1 through 10 on this. You know, 10 being uh, the all-time epicness. And 1, of course, being the... Sunny day in the void of the Clone Wars. It's got Thrawn, so it has to give you a couple points, right? Mon Mothma, so that has to bring it up, right? This is a 10. It's the start of the rebellion. Hear the call. Now we have a real leader of the rebellion in Mon Mothma, and we get to see it. 10. Perfect 10. Yeah, this episode's probably going to get one of my highest scores. I'd probably give this like a 9.5. I give it such a high score because of how 
it was such an action-packed episode, and it was just really a solid episode, and it was so great to see at the end, like, the actual leader of the rebellion, and how she's gonna, like, like, lead it, and all the ships coming in, and, and everything just coming together at the end, and it was, it was really great, and the, the nebula scene, where they're fighting in the middle of the nebula, is just so epic and action-packed, and I, I really enjoyed this episode. For me, I would probably give it, like, a seven, eight and a half. Even though it wasn't as realistic as I kind of wanted it to be, it had my Mothma, it had Thrawn, and then it had so much great detail and everything. I actually really enjoyed this episode. So you're sticking with the eight and a half? Yeah. For me, I think the only thing that detracts from an episode of Rebels that I've come to enjoy at this point is it didn't have any Mandalorian action. Uh, you know, that was something Jaina folks uh, fixated on right away. You know, where's where's Sabine? Why isn't Sabine here? Uh, and, and we didn't have the Jedi action. Like, you know, Ezra had his moment, but when he didn't shoot that droid down at the beginning, I'm like, come on, dude, just drop into a Jedi trance. What the hell? I mean, I get it. It was a plot serving point, but those are the little things that really, you know, I'm, I'm kind of wanting a little bit more in the episode, but otherwise this one had everything else that we needed. Uh, I think one of the things I really enjoyed the most, like you, Baron, is that ending scene where we get the speech and everything. I would say, I would also give this one an eight and a half. Uh, but when we get that speech, you know, this is Senator Mon Mothma. I have been called a traitor for speaking out against a corrupt galactic Senate, a Senate manipulated by the Senator tactics of the emperor. For too long I have watched the heavy hand of the Empire strangle our liberties, stifling our freedoms in the name of ensuring our safety. No longer, despite Imperial threats, despite the Emperor himself, I have no fear as I take new action, for I am not alone. Beginning today, we stand together as allies. I hereby resign from the Senate to fight for you, not from the distant hall of politics, but from the front lines. We will not rest until we be... Until we bring an end to the Empire. Until we restore our Republic. Are you with me? Even just reading that speech, I mean, goosebumps, man. This was a historical in-universe moment. So, yeah, strong eight and five, man, for me. Do you have an Ezra? Can I? Yeah, here's my Ezra. Bow, I'm dead at the end of the series. <laughs> Jaina's perspective on it. The youngling's perspective. So what did you think of that episode? Is good. What about Chopper? You saw that Chopper was... When he was painted a different color, he was different. What did you think of that? He was being kind of evil. He's being kind of evil? Yeah. Cause there, Because there are people inside him. They're trying to take over him. They were. They were trying to take over him, huh? And who he, recognized uh, that he was bad? Hera. She was r- super-duper angry. <laughs> super-duper angry. Yes, she was. <laughs> Did she get revenge? <laughs> oh, yeah, she did. She was a mad mama, huh? She was mad, 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 mad. Chopper was hurt, and then he was okay. Okay. And what about AP5 when we saw him floating away? Did you think he was going to be lost in space? That made me a little sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you like his song? What song? When he was holding on to that little that little nebra or whatever little was. The little... Maybe it's a bird. It was like a bird, a pink yeah. bird? yeah. Did you like that part? I loved that part. That was a good part. So what would you say overall? Was this a good episode, bad episode, or an okay episode? It was kind of good episode. Kind of good. But I didn't like when Sabine was not in there. You don't, So Sabine wasn't in this episode either, and that did not make you happy. I was frustrated. You were? Yeah. 
because I love Sabina, and now I can't see her in any episode. Oh, well, you know what? What? Soon she's coming back. She's going to be back and focusing really heavy in the next few episodes. Does that make you excited that Sabine's coming back, though? Yeah. I'm super-duper happy because I love Sabine, and... I excited that she's coming back, but she's always been in every show, but now, today, she didn't. Mm-hmm. All right, so if you had to say one being the worst and ten being the best, what number would you say this episode was for you? Twenty-five. Twenty-five. That sounds like a solid five in my book. So that wraps up this episode of The Padawan's Perspective. We'd like to thank everyone who joined us today for coming in and giving us a listen. You can always find our episodes directly on the Star Wars Report website, second airborne division of podcasts at www.starwarsreport.com. And of course, before we go, we'd like to mention to you our sponsor, Audible. If you go to audible.com, it's www.audible.com slash Star Wars Report. You get a free trial run of Audible to see what they're all about. Audible has more than 100,000 titles for you to explore, titles from the expanding universe or any other genre, all without risk of getting stuck with a book you flat out hate because Audible members, they can exchange any book within 12 months. That's one year with no questions asked. So in this digital age, if you're thinking of making that switch from the page to the audiobook, Audible just might be right for you. So for the Padawan's perspective, this has been Mark, Jaina, and... Tay. Barrett. And Pharaoh. Until next time, I'm sure everything will go horribly wrong. Bye. Bye. I watch Thank you for listening to our show. For more content, please like our Facebook and Twitter pages. Theme song by Subconscious Tunes. Announcements by Brock. Sponsored by War Machine Marketing. Remember, you can find the Padawan Perspective and all the Star Wars Report Second Airborne Podcasts at www.starwarsreport.com. Ba-ba-ba-ba. Bum, 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 bum